With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash acquire. That's linkedin.com slash acquire. Terms and conditions apply. WQAD Podcast Network. Movers and shakers leading businesses, nonprofits, governments, and schools across the Quad City area, Illinois, and Iowa. How did they get started? What is their story? Their goals? Their advice for the next generation of the girl power movement? And now, here's your host for Wonder Women, News 8's Angie Sharp. Powerful women with powerful positions. This is the Wonder Woman podcast, a show dedicated to showing off the girl bosses in our communities. My guest is Tammy Schmidt. She's the assistant director of the Niabi Zoo in Cole Valley, Illinois. Welcome, Tammy. Well, thank you for having me. I am so excited to talk to you about your <laughs> unique career and how you got into it. But first, I just want to remind all our listeners that we're recording this podcast episode in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. We're doing it by phone, not in our podcast studio. Maybe one day we'll be back there. but One not day. Today. Yes. Yeah, one day. <laughs> but I would like to start there, Tammy, with the pandemic. Um, is this virus impacting the work that you do at the zoo? You know what? It has, honestly. Um, our zoo is a seasonal zoo, so we typically close uh, at the end of October after our big Boo at the Zoo festivities. And love then we're Boo at the Zoo. It's my favorite I know. Candy. Who doesn't love oh, candy? Exactly. Um, so typically we would have opened in April, having our, kicking it off with our egg hunt for our members and all that. But, of course, this all started rearing its uh, ugly, unwelcome head uh, right about that time. So we were about two months late opening. Um, as you can imagine, and I think every business and actually home and a human on the planet were thinking, okay, how are we going to keep each other safe? Um, and we have kind of a double whammy here where my, my biggest fears and the things that I couldn't sleep over were how am I going to keep my people safe as well as the animals that are susceptible to COVID-19. Um, so when we opened, when we found out through the state of Illinois and the governor's mandates when we could open, our whole goal was to figure out what our new pro protocols are going to be to keep our guests safe as they came through the gates, to keep our people safe. We have every age working here from, you know, our volunteers and our, our zoo to you and zoo keep, uh, zookeepers and maintenance staff and our train drivers of every age work here. So keeping those guys safe as well as keeping a social distance away from the animals that actually could be uh, susceptible. So for us it was about trying to secure uh, the proper PPE. We have our, we already utilize a ton of PPE for um, keeping appropriate biosecurity measures for our animals. Right. But in some senses, working with our veterinarian, um, we had to sometimes double, triple those those stores. So I became a stalker of all things, disinfectant <laughs> wipes, bleach, um, masks, gloves. If you want, if you came into the zoo right now, you would not find toilet paper. You would find PPE to keep our, our people safe. Um, that's, you know, some of the initial things that we needed to do to address um, what was about what we were about to face. Now, on the other hand, I can say we felt like we were in a really secure 
bubble of safety um, because we were coming here every day and safe, really safety and some normalcy um, because even though we were not open, we conducted business as usual. Our, our animals have no idea there's a pandemic. Right. Um, we have proactive veterinary care 24-7, 365. And so, you know, we always were extra careful with biosecurity. But, you know, so we were able to come in here and do our thing, keep it normal. While we were all, our heads were exploding and we would have morning meetings where we're now standing outside talking to one another, only seeing our eyeballs, um, <laughs> you know, that's some of the changes we had to make immediately. So because we are extra conscientious about what we do in our private lives, um, when we come back and forth to the zoo animals knowing we could give it to them is a really daunting, um, sobering um, thought. And so we yeah. talked a lot. As a team, we talked a lot about what was going on. We shared what we saw in the news the night before. We shared who might in our, in our lives, in our families, in our friend group, who might have gotten it, who had a scare. So thankfully, we were able to come and still see our little fuzzy amber leopard face and our, our <laughs> chirping birds and our, our snakes eating that mouse. None of them knew. So we were able to keep it real and keep it as normal as we could. Um, we also got more involved in how we could reach out through social media. You know, we really have a great education program here, and we reached out whether we drove out with our ZUDU program or we had uh, camps or special after-school programming. We couldn't do that anymore. So I really, and I'm certain all the zookeepers just love me to this day, but they all became uh, zookeeper superheroes on our Facebook page <laughs> and our website. Viral they, stars. <laughs> Absolutely. Whether they wanted to or not, reluctant, <laughs> reluctant viral stars. I could probably give you a few of my zookeepers who probably stalk me in the bushes with some kind of dirt claws or something because <laughs> I made them read children's books. We read children's books and had animal tale stories, and we, you know, we did keeper chats to me, a party of one, six feet away with a mask mm -hmm. on. Um, you know, we just tried to do everything we could to feel like we were doing something to bring normalcy to people. We knew that the school were going to stop prematurely, and we wanted to reach out. We put a coloring page out. We put activity sheets out, and we just, we did. We had some of our animals become superstars and some of our keepers become superstars. Yeah, I think that's so important that you, businesses, um, nonprofits, whatever, are able to transition and be willing to transition. Yeah. Oh, you have to. virtual formats, you, you have to. You have to. And honestly, in the zookeeping profession and animal care in general, one of our buzzwords is flexibility. The yeah. animals are never going to be the same every day. Uh, our situations are not never going to be the same. We work out in, within a forest preserve. So the woods and the forest and the little animal critters that are like, Woo! the zoo's not open, I should walk out in the public and no one can bother me. I mean, all of those things already keep it top of mind, um, you know, kind of the safety measures and all these things that we need to keep in mind. But it, it really does, it made a difference because I feel like we all came together to deal with this together. And thank God for the animals because yeah. you can look for solace say, and peace in that. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing what we can learn from animals. Yes, yes. Especially in times of trouble and uncertainty yes, and absolutely. Like flexibility, absolutely. I love that. Yeah, love flex that. flexibility <laughs> is the name of the game, and thankfully my crew are some of the most flexible people I've worked with, mm -hmm. and we had to roll with the punches and do what we needed to do. 
Um, I know one of the things that stood out to me when you were talking about how the pandemic has affected you is that some animals are susceptible to COVID. And yeah. That's something that I feel like in the news we have not talked about a lot. We're so obviously concerned about humans yeah. and human yeah. to human um, contracting the virus. Um, and I guess we haven't talked about animals that are susceptible to it. You know, I've got my dog laying on the couch right next to me. Yeah. We yeah. have talked about pets, but... So what kind of research have you guys learned about COVID and Well, we, you know, there were, and I'm going to get some of this wrong because I am not a scientist oh, when it comes right, yeah. to viruses right. and bacteria, but there were already existing COVID um, strands. Like so coronavirus strains. Coronavirus, like yeah. I, and I'm probably misnaming what it means, but there was, a, you know, let's say there's COVID-6 and COVID-3 and COVID-9. Right. We're at COVID, you know, 9 you know, we're RC19 because it was the year it yeah. sort of made its debut on the planet. Yeah, this big um, umbrella of all Absolutely. It's, you know, just a new strain. It's sort of like the flu strain. You yeah. know, they give us a, a different flu vaccine based off of what was what happened the year before. Right. Um, and some of them are multi-attack uh, towards flu, and some are just a single for the, I think they call it super flu vaccine and all those. Mm-hmm. So it's very similar. Though horrifyingly, I guess, smart thing about corona is that is it, it morphs. It can yeah. change to its circumstances and it can be successful in those morphs. And so for us, I, and I early on, you know, we're very, as a human race, we want to blame somebody and something um, for whatever might happen. Yeah, we want to do it. Yes, we want to know what what happened, how we can stop it from happening again. Um, Although we're such small um, microorganisms in the petri dish of life that it's kind of, uh, you know, we we want we want to have an answer, but we need to be realistic about this. And in the very beginning, they were, you know, they were blaming markets in another continent um, that had to do with selling wildlife for aphrodisiacs and, uh, and, you know, medicine, yes, and whether they were eating them, whether they were taking them as a medicinal uh, uh, stopgap for something, it started there. Um, But these COVIDs, always it was known that it could be in bats. We always blame bats for everything, but they can't, they are a, a big vector. Here in the United States, for us, it's raccoons, it's you know, it's foxes, it's it's cats that can carry the same diseases that could give um, problems to our domestic animals like your dog on the couch. So it does, we knew from the get-go, the moment I started writing our COVID plan of attack, um, how to deal with this and how to keep our animals safe, we knew right off that canines, felines, camelids, uh, camelids that include llama, alpaca, all the animals that are related to camels, cattle, uh, that which would include a giraffe then. That's why we're very, very mm. picky and stickler-like when it comes to wearing masks for our, for our giraffe feeding. Well, they're like um, a centerpiece of the zoo. They are. They're, well, yeah. they're one of our, they're our tallest representative here. And <laughs> But they are really a big, tall, long-necked cow. And yeah. so that means that that puts them at a risk of COVID-19. Yeah. Wow. So there's, and then mustelids, and we have a couple of mustelids, the ferrets, the bintrong animals that are stinky, um, well, that includes <laughs> otters. All of those animals are actually susceptible too. And I wow. don't know, in some cases, I don't know why. I'm certain that there are, are hypotheses out there by the researchers and scientists. Um, but there, we knew right off, and we have been kept apprised through um, our accreditation group, ZAA, ZAA, AZA, and the, uh, the, um, the wildlife veterinarians, 
all of these people have actually been working together hand-in-hand hand, to try to make sure that every one of our animals is safe and all of our people are safe. Now mm -hmm. then, what, a month in, we heard about the Bronx Zoo and the fact that right. uh, some of their big cats, tigers, and lions that share um, some common species in a cat building, let's say, I don't know exactly what their setup is there, started showing signs of COVID. And, of course, we know poor New York was a huge hugely hit ground zero yeah. area in the very beginning. Um, and, of course, people that might have it that are asymptomatic then would have transferred if they, you know, even with PPE and we have gloves and masks and shields and all the things we could do, you know, we're human and there are ways that we can shed this. It, we, I don't even think we still know the mysteries of what COVID can do. And so somehow those cats were tested. And actually they were tested here in Illinois at the oh. University of Illinois. They're the ones oh, wow. that were that tested and found those cats to be positive. So then that ramped it up even more. And you look and, you know, you look and you tighten and you come up with, every, you know, scenario that you can to make sure that you're doing all of the right things. And all the zoo folks are talking to one another and sharing ideas. And, and you know, as people started opening, as uh, the curve started flattening in some areas or not, um, the zoo folks were constantly talking about what are you doing? What are we doing? How can we make this better? What can we do? It is quite a village. I mean, we are, mm -hmm. you know, there are zoos all That's around the world, <laughs> and we are all talking together. Um, and so far, thank goodness, knock on wood, you know, we haven't heard of too many other uh, animal species being afflicted, although there was uh, were some minks at a mink farm, I think, a week or two ago that it was announced that they had two positives, but I don't know the, the circumstance, but that's a mustelid. So they were still in that group of animals that they knew could be susceptible to uh, this issue. It's amazing. I mean, I think about, um, you know, all the industries are impacted by yes. COVID, and they really um, most only have to think about the humans, <laughs> you know, yes. or um, like yes. Superintendent Savage, who um, we had on the podcast last month, you know, it's students. Um, you oh, know, absolutely. A yoga teacher, it's uh, yes. yogis and clients, but you guys, you have absolutely. to think about the people yes. coming in your doors, but you also have to think about your animals. You have to yes. think about so many different absolutely. groups of people and animals. Yes, our crew was essential. I mean, I don't think yeah. um, people thought of us as essential, although <laughs> our our supporters, our fans, obviously our family members and friends, our one of our zookeepers' moms made the entire crew uh, homemade masks. She yeah. was the first one to kind of start, you know, getting with us and helping us. So people that knew about us, that follow us anyway, we've gained probably 2,000 people on our Facebook page because of our outreach uh, through our, super, our Zookeeper Superhero Series and our Animal Tales. Mm -hmm. So people knew as they saw what we were doing. We talked about it. We talked about some of our changes. And um, so I don't know that people really thought of us as essential, but the animals are here. They need us. Even when we're closed during the season, all the same things are happening. They're being fed. No animals are shipped out. Right. Um, so they're essential. And um, it was, you know, it was an honor to work with these people and get through the, such a traumatic experience for all of us. I don't think mm -hmm. anyone here is old enough to have been through a pandemic or things that, of this nature. So, um, you know, it was essential. And, it, and I can tell you, we all had a kind of a, a group fear about opening. We were, happy, sure. we were happy on one hand to get back to some kind of new normal. 
Yeah. Um, but I have moms here and dads that have children that we're trying to figure out daycare. And thank God the state and the government afforded us time for those folks to figure out their, their time. And we were able mm -hmm. to be flexible with their time so they could still come to work. Also take care of the children that they needed to finish homeschooling last year. And now starting this new hybrid teaching now. Um, so it was fight, it was frightening. And I, you know, we thought long and hard and we put a video together about our guidelines about coming in. And we understand that, um, folks are very, uh, divided on almost everything on the planet. Yeah. Um, but for us, when folks come and we are pretty adamant about our mask zones and our mask wearing around our team and our animals, it's not because I'm trying to be contrary or start a fight or, uh, 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 you know, or diminish someone's belief, as I have been actually accused of doing just last oh. week. It is really about also turning that mirror around to us. And this is our church. This is our religion. This is our home. And we have so much more on the line, it feels like, to us. So we take it extra personally. Um, so it's, it's a really, it's a crazy time. And I think we're all faced with so many things, whether male or female. I think how we deal with one another and the kindness that we must give to one another and the understanding and the patience is integral, no matter what gender you are. Another lesson we learned from our animals, I think, kindness, yes, right, and yes, patience. Yes, yes, <laughs> And compassion, yeah. Yes, and, and the, what is small and what is big, and how are we going to sweat each thing? Yeah. Um, sweating the small stuff is one of those things I think we all took for granted in the big, in the, in back in the day, but I think there's such big things going on in our world today that um, I think we have to kind of reevaluate before we open our mouths on what we're um, how we're going to deal with it and how we're going to relate to the next person. And I'm the same way. I, I have learned a lot and have to have to change a lot of how I think and do things. My husband is at home with, with uh, underlying illnesses, and I have been fearful, and I know others in this planet have been. What am I going to bring home to my loved one? Because yeah. I am going out, and I am part of an essential core. Mm -hmm. So it's been crazy time. Sorry to go off, go off no. on tangents. <laughs> so interesting and really um, just I think it should it should open all of our eyes and ears to um, how many different industries are impacted and yes. it really is it comes down to everyone every yes it does being yes is every being that's but, right and I'm not sure if that makes you at home when you're listening to this feel better or worse <laughs> some days I'm like I'm like we're all in this together and other days I'm like oh no we're all in this like, it's not <laughs> I know right it's not I know I know is dealing with this and and everyone feels out of control at certain Absolutely. times. It, Absolutely. It, it's, it's scary, but I think that, um, you know, I just from my own social media circles have seen the excitement of people when they were able to go back to the zoo. Yes. Or, you know, yes. when the train was running again. Oh, the train, oh, yes. Oh, my gosh, the train, you know. And the train like, is an icon. I know. It makes me smile to know that we have yes. this gem and and this very essential place yes. in the Quad Cities. And even, you know, when, when folks come to, just as another PSA reminder, you know, I know we're kind of going all over the place here, but, okay. you know, we still are, we still have mandates from the governor in the state of Illinois. Yeah. Um, our numbers are high, 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 um, for because of pockets of Illinois, um, but we're all in it together. I hate when I hear, oh, it's Chicago. No, it's not Chicago. It's all of us. We are in this mm -hmm. together. And so our buildings are still closed. 
And folks, I think I think people are just happy to get outside and feel yep. safe with their family. I am proud and happy when I see folks as a family wearing their masks. And masks are so cute now. It's like a fashion statement. Yeah, and I, I love admiring people's masks. I have about 35 of my own. <laughs> and I, uh, because there's so many cool ones with animals on them. Come on, I have to have the animal oh, ones. Gosh, yeah. um, but, you know, it's just, it's, it, I think there's a pleasure in just coming out and walking amongst the trees and hearing the birds and, and I know people are bummed that some of our animals can't be vis visited because they're in the buildings. Mm -hmm. um, but it is that, you know, we are, there are animals in those buildings that are also sensitive to COVID. Um, we want to open them, too. We have so many new fun things in our buildings. We've got some new animals that we haven't even been able to debut because we are very serious about taking our mandates for the governor and the state. Um, seriously. So I hope that folks um, are, have patience. Um, come and enjoy what we are here for, which is um, family time, being mm -hmm. able to go outside and not be in front of the TV on the couch, yeah. but get out and enjoy one another and enjoy the animals that can be outside and viewed and, 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 and just smell and hear and see the sights of, I think, one of the most beautiful places amongst our forest preserve districts, but also um, as far as the Quad Cities area, we're so lucky to have so many natural, um, you know, resources like the rivers and the, and the forest. So yeah, I, 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 and I see it. I see it on people. Even I've learned to read eyes now because that's all I can <laughs> see. Course. You do. You definitely can see the relief when somebody can walk in and and hang out with the family for you know a couple of hours. Yeah, I think that there is um, a therapy when you get to work. And Absolutely. animals. Is that one yeah. of the reasons why you got into this career in the beginning? Oh boy, hi gosh, I'm so old. I have to think back of why <laughs> why I do most things. But no, you know what? I I I'm actually born and raised here. I was born in a hospital in Rock Island. Um, my family, we lived in Milan, Rock Island, and finally Sherrard, where I graduated high school from Sherrard High School. Tigers. Uh, uh, go Tigers, purple and gold forever. Um, but I, my grand, we, I guess I, I had the luxury of living right next to my grandfather who had a farm with cows and pigs and, and crops and uh, barn cats, and we had our dog, and I don't know that my whole family got into that, but boy, did it pull me. It was where I belonged. It was it was speaking my language. I would go out in the woods and make a fort and watch the owl. For me, that was the jumping off point. Um, I, I, I don't know if I knew it at the time, um, but as I started going to college, I went to Blackhawk for my first two years, went to SIU, um, and then heard about the zoo school. I volunteered, believe it or not, here at Niobe years and years and eons ago. Oh, cool. Um, and got, you know, another little more of a boost as to I actually learned from one of the educators here way back about the zoo school. I applied, went to zoo school, and then jumped right in. I've worked at um, nine zoos around the country from small to medium to large um, and uh, loved every minute of it. Got my first straight A's of my entire school life at the zoo school. Um, and then I knew. I knew yeah. my bliss. I found my bliss and, um, you know, just have moved on from there. And I don't regret one step. I have appreciated everything that I have been given as far as opportunities. And I, I think it's um, amazing that you uh, invited me to your program because I have been lifted up by females throughout my career. Um, I have had, you know, the zoo field in general for decades was male, male dominated. Yeah, right. 
Um, when you read old zoo books from an old used bookstore, it talks about the zoo man. The zoo man does this and the zoo man does that. Mm, wow. Over time, as I jumped in in the early 90s, after I finished school, um, the tide was turning, and I would, I, I'm probably not going to get the exact statistic right, but I believe that between 65 and 75 percent of zoo uh, professionals have now morphed towards the female-dominated side. Wow, um, majority now, you think? Majority. Oh, wow. for sure, majority. I, you know, I've had a couple, ma I have a current male. Uh, my leader here, Lee Jackson, is one of the best yep. supervisors I've had, and I'm not just saying that. <laughs> uh, he lets me fly, and that's what you need in a supervisor, a leader, a team leader. Um, but I have had overwhelmingly female um, curators or uh, directors of different departments that have lifted me, uh, saw potential, saw that I use my voice uh, either loudly or annoyingly. Um, but <laughs> Never I, annoyingly. <laughs> I don't know. Loudly, right? I'm, uh, yeah, loud, well, loud, proud, and uh, passionate and, yeah. determ and determined. And so if I was ever told no on something, I found a way to do it differently or on my own dime or my own time, because zoos aren't, we're not, we're not making anybody rich in the zoo field. We are some right. nonprofits, some, um, you know, supported by uh, community advisory boards and or foundations um, or by the grace of, of people's wonderful donations. And I will say at this moment, we've had so many wonderful, uh, heavenly people reach out mm -hmm. to us during all of this. Send oh, us their awesome. pennies, quarters, dollars, hundred dollars, thousand dollars to help support us. And I want to say a huge thank you to those that may be listening to your program today because we yes, thank we you. were we were lifted by that emotionally yeah. through all of this because yeah, it is a very emotional. Yeah. yeah, but I have been lucky. I have had some of the best female role models and who I would. Never, ever call myself a Wonder Woman, but those folks were Wonder Women in my lives. And I, I, uh, I think of them often, and I still keep in contact with many. They paved the way, right? And you're they did of, pave the way. Um, they were, you know, yes, <laughs> absolutely. They were the, you know, that whole, you know, that, that fancy catchphrase of breaking the ceiling. Yeah, these right. were folks. These were folks that probably were lifted up by men. I will tell you some of the conferences mm -hmm. I have attended in the last two years, there have been a, all female. I don't can't remember what it's called, but women in zoo and aquarium, uh, you know, positions gathering together at these conferences and talking. And there are many men in the in the audience who I believe were invited by the women that they held up, that they were unafraid to hold up, and and push forward in a good dental nudge into you can do this, you can use oh. your voice, you can use your expertise. I mean, the first person that sent me out of the country to study um, zebras was a woman. The, the next one sent me to, you know, Canada to study polar bears and then to <laughs> Africa again for lions. These were women that I will never forget and that I will always um, think of as Wonder Women. That's awesome. So I didn't realize that um, this career that it involves some world travel for you as absolutely you to get absolutely to and how cool that is that you were able absolutely. to go to Africa and study yes. zebras yes I've been to Africa three times and oh I've God. been to Canada I've uh was so even after I left one of my past positions I got involved in uh giant otter work um for at another one of my institutions and 
I am still involved in that. I'm, a, I'm an instructor for Giant Otters. Uh, there's an Otter Keeper workshop every other year, and I teach at still. And my past boss at, called me from that zoo and said, would you go to Columbia, South America, and teach this internationally? So even after that, that reach of wonder for me and the honor I felt that she was lifting me and sharing me and my knowledge and the things that she let me learn and grow with was still calling me from that long ago to go. And so my next goal as, you know, we, as you get, so I, I never intended to be an assistant director. My heart will always be with the animals. You can ask any one of the zookeepers. I'm out there talking to the animals, and I want to be close to the animals. I, I miss being a zookeeper every day. But I wanted to be who I had role models for. I wanted to be that next person that was able mm -hmm. to lift females and or any uh, one of my zookeepers and sending them to continuing education programs around the country to send them out of the country. So my next dream came true um, uh, by five years ago now where I got to send two of my zookeepers to the Africa Project oh, uh, for lion yeah. study. So for me, it is now it's my turn to lift and to uh, encourage all of our people here at Navi Zoo were afforded um, continuing education opportunities last season. I bring people in from my past, my colleagues from other zoos. I bring them here. I can't now for a while, but right. I would bring them here because I can't. We can't all go somewhere all the time. But I brought them here to talk about their programs and their passions and how they became zookeepers and what they did to continue lifting themselves and be lifted by others. So um, I've been blessed. I've been blessed. Mm -hmm. I feel like all of us in the animal world are blessed because the animals aren't judging us. The animals aren't, um, you know, I don't know, uh, blasting us with things that we might get blasted with, <laughs> yeah. um, whether it's on the streets, the, zoo, the news, um, in the traffic or whatever. It's a kind of different solace that we can seek out. Sometimes coming to work, you know, a lot of people you hear in a cubicle say, oh, I don't want to go to work. Oh, uh. Um, you know, we get those days sometimes here, too, but it's, that's the nature of being human. But coming here is our solace sometimes, and if we're having trouble in any part of our other world, um, in our corner of the world, it's nice to be able to come to work and um, sink into that nice routine of, of care for the animals. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wonder, what's the difference between um, a zookeeper and a zoo director like yourself? So I guess I didn't realize, um, this is just me being naive, that there's a difference between those two. Well, I'm a manager, so I'm assistant mm -hmm. oh, director. Okay. Lee so is the director. So I am doing management yeah. work. Um, okay. So a zookeeper is on the front lines taking sure. uh, care of the day-to-day -day, uh, proactive husbandry, the training, the diet preparation. Um, they do a lot more networking with the public um, when we are able to educate. They are, well, and boy, I miss that, too. I'll, I'll go out and <laughs> get do? dirty. Oh, heck yes. I go out and I love getting dirty. They know it, too. They often will make fun of me. But, um, <laughs> no, I, that you know, they are on the ground. They are the superstars. Yeah. They okay. are the superstars of our zoo. They know every sneeze, cough, funny look an animal gives them. They know right away something is atypical. For me, I'm the, I like to liken myself as air traffic control. Sure. I am the okay. person here, um, getting what the zookeepers need to facilitate their day in the best way possible. And if that is ordering supplies, if that is giving them a, you know, a, a recommendation for... You're their advocate. Uh, 
I am there. I would like to believe I am their advocate. Yeah. I am their team. I am their teammate, and I am their team leader. Um, and we, you know, we're 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 all talkers. We all uh, have to be good communicators to tell it. To, you know, to kind of share what's going on with animals. Um, to talk to our guests when they come in about the animals. Um, and it's a different world right now. It's really uh, foreign to us with the difference that are going on in the world because we are have able to have um, close-up educational experiences, keeper chats, and things like that, so we're not forming a crowd. So it's really weird. So we all kind of try to talk to each other six feet apart about things that are going on in the day in the safest manner possible. We, we do miss talking to the public. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, you know, so for me, I am here as a guide, as a sounding board, as a facilitator, as a mediator, uh, as a counselor, uh, sometimes <laughs> a, psychi a psiatric professional, um, you know, you I, it's, it, it, well, it is, it, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, I just had an email from a colleague in Toledo who said, sorry, my email is delayed. I'm, I'm sure you're wearing many hats as I am. And I think all of our hats have doubled, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so we were all wearing hats, multiple hats before, but I think we, uh, our hats are very tall now, so yeah, that's um, a woman you know. way too, isn't it? It is. Well, you know, I hate to say this for any men that are listening, but we we excel at multitasking. It is mm -hmm. true. Females over time have multitasked that I um, my mind is boggled by sometimes, and right. the fast pace with which we can talk is also going to run races with the rabbit and hair <laughs> as, uh, that we could equiv equivocate to male-female, so um, <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure I talk too fast most of the time and too loud, so. Oh, I'm but, the same exact way. <laughs> but you know what? It gets me through, and again, and people hear me, and I hear them, and you know, my biggest, you know, challenge is trying to be an active listener because I do get excited about everything that's happening. I just want to rush, race forward. Okay, so you want to do this, 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 this? Oh, wait, what? Oh, I need to shut up. I need to shut up and listen to the rest of your story. Um, so, because it, it's easy to get passionate and excited when I see the excitement and passion yeah, either in their voice or on their yeah. face. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, I think that perfectly transitions into what a Wonder Woman is to you. Speak so <laughs> fast to the yeah. monster who oh. does not shut up, but that's okay. You know, someone who, who has a, loud, a roar, right? A roar in that. Well, that's right. I hate to be cliche, but you are right. I have I been... I love cliches. Let's do it. I, okay, good. I am woman. Hear me roar, and yeah. I want all the other little cubs and um, lions in the pack to roar with me. I, you know, I've been lucky. I have strong women on both sides of my family. Um, I have strong women teachers. I went to, I started with Catholic school and went on to public school. Um, I have, uh, I have uh, Sister Suzanne is my great aunt who's a nun in our family. She is loud and proud all the way into her late 80s, 90s. Um, I've been around strong women. I've been around strong men too, um, but I think the women were a little bit louder. And um, but you know, at some point, I had to become the captain of my own ship and decide, you know, make decisions on my own, um, you know, whether it was uh, scientific, political, um, what kind of ice cream I'm going to eat to, you know, what meat I'm going to have versus a vegetarian meal. So, I, you know, at some point I had to get my own voice taking into a lot of other people into consideration. So I would say the Wonder Woman in my lives were demonstrative and illustrated what it was to be a good person, to be kind, to be ornery, um, to be um, bullheaded. I was, I'm was. i pretty sure my nickname between, like, the age of 9 and 13 was bullhead. Um, um, because I, yeah, so I, I just, I think at some point I took all that 
family and friend strength and became some mess up messed up person that I am today but it <laughs> but I can mess. but I can say whatever exactly but I can say that beautiful mess became something that I hope I can be proud of I don't regret one step I've made in my life as far as my profession um, and I try to take everything as a lesson and I've tried to learn what language everyone needs to speak in order to be heard and in order to talk and communicate um, so I think a Wonder Woman morphs when she needs to morph and stay uh, stay stable when she needs to stay stable and but always keeping in mind that you got to go with strength you can doubt yourself but don't doubt yourself so much that you are paralyzed yeah no I think that that is the perfect way to describe a Wonder Woman that's for sure and I'm sure that those are the things that you're hoping to tell you know the next generation of yeah directors you know you like you mentioned you had those wonder woman who paved the way you know you yeah. widen the road so what do you hope the next generation of the girl power movement can learn from you i don't know i, I hopefully it's they're learning from all of us i'm certainly not anybody that knows everything but i would say that Any by example is, kind of thing i, I would say Get, bring in all the knowledge, mm -hmm. choose, make a stand on who you're going to be, make it be a person that is confident, who is not afraid to share ideas, even if, even if they're outside the box thinking, um, be kind always, try to understand always. Um, we may never understand everybody's motives and everybody's um, thought process, but it's easy to direct and dictate and, and, and all that when it comes to being assistant director or anyone that has a managerial position of leadership. But be kind and understanding, and, um, but be you mostly. I, will, I, have, I told my husband when he asked me to marry him and other people, I will not, I will not probably change very much. You'll have to accept <laughs> me for who I am. I will try my hardest to be everything anybody needs me to be. Um, but I will always be fallible and prone to mistakes, and I try to learn from them and go on, and I just want everyone to be open. This world needs more tenderness and understanding, mm -hmm. and um, we need to stop hiding from things that um, really need to be addressed in a different way. And for me, just like I, when I talk about conservation champions and those youth that are looking to make a difference in an animal's life in their home range, we need to do that for each other and, and make a difference with each other. Um, you know, and I, I get real emotional about the Niobe Zoo because it is my home zoo. This is my hometown. Hometown town looks drastically different for many, many reasons. Um, and this world looks drastically different, yeah. and I, I really just want to be um, strong for the right reasons and persistent and dogged when it mm -hmm. comes to doing, to doing the right thing. Yeah, I love that. Great lessons that we've learned from you and that we can learn from our zoo. <laughs> very, yes. very important. Tammy, yes. thank you so much for being one of our Wonder Women. It was such a joy to be able to talk to you about your life and your career, and just I love the passion that you have. It means so much to me. Well, thank you so much for calling. It was it was quite an honor and a surprise. And again, I am not a Wonder Woman. I am who people have lifted me up to be. And I think we're all Wonder People if we put our minds to it.
Yep, and our wonder animals as well. We yes. can't forget about well, they're, them. They're the top. They're at the top, yeah, man. They are, yes. <laughs> I think we need a spin-off to this podcast, although they will not be a good interview on the show. <laughs> yeah, Probably <laughs> not. Thank you so much, Tammy, and thank you to all of our listeners, of course, for your ratings, your comments, and your suggestions for future Wonder Women. We have some great ones coming up to round out the year 2020. Um, in the meantime, you can find more information about all of our past Wonder Women on WQAD. All you have to do is click the podcast tab located at the top of our homepage. Ladies out. You have been listening to the WQAD Podcast Network.